Are you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also the founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Welcome to episode number 26 of Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. If you're just now joining us or you've been with us for a while but aren't yet a subscriber, I encourage you to head on over to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Click on the iTunes link and get subscribed now so you never miss a single episode. My commitment to you is to bring you the very best guests and content. So when I have guests like Philip Wilson, who who we will be talking with today, you're going to want to make sure that you have access to that information as soon as it is made available. And being a subscriber is the absolute best way to do that. Friends, you know, it's hard to believe that it's already mid-December already. Christmas is less than two weeks away. I'm excited about spending quality time with my family, and I'm also excited about 2018 and what it holds for our business, the clients we work with. And I'm also excited about the possibilities that it holds for you, our listener. If you're looking to start 2018 off on the right foot, go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and pick up a copy of my new Leading with Purpose journal, which will help you grow your business, empower your team, and lead to your full potential in only 90 days. Plus, for a limited time, I'm throwing in a 20-minute complimentary coaching session to add even more value to you when you make the decision to purchase today. You know, friends, I was in the corporate sector Uh, for 12 years, and I worked with a number of leaders that were just extremely difficult to work with. In some cases, I guess you could say they were literally corporate bullies, and in other cases, they were just unapproachable on a number of different levels, and that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to start my own business and leadership development training company, because I felt at the end of the day, there was just a huge need for improving leadership in both a small business and corporate sectors. Many of you who listen to this show, you're leaders yourself. And even though you may not be as challenging to work with as some of the leaders that I had the displeasure of associating with in my corporate days, perhaps you do need to become a bit more approachable for those you work with. I think it's an area where all of us can improve on some level. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to bring my good friend, Mr. Philip Wilson, onto the show. Philip is the founder of Approachable Leadership, He's the president of the Labor Relations Institute and a national expert on leadership. He's regularly been featured in the business media, including Fox Business News, Fast Company, and the New York Times. His last book, Left of Boom, reached number two on the Amazon Hot HR Books list. Philip delivers keynote speeches and leadership training across the United States and Canada. He lives in Broken Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, not too far from me, in fact. Philip, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm great, Nathan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show. And I want to start here, as I do with every single guest on every episode. Tell us something interesting about yourself that most people just don't know. I 
came within probably a half inch of stepping on a six-foot-long rattlesnake in the uh, Ozarks in Arkansas. I love to hike in in the, especially on the Ozark Highlands Trail, but I just like like hiking. But uh, one day I I nearly uh, stepped on a snake, and that that's not an exaggeration. I right. have video of it, but uh, yeah, that so so that, that was a. Uh, I yeah saw saw my life flash before my eyes. Thank goodness I did not step on it and live to uh, live to tell the story. Well, I'm glad that you are here to tell the story uh, because I know you have a lot of great information uh, to share with our listeners tonight. I'm really excited about talking about your book, uh, the Approachability Playbook. And for for starters, before we get into the specifics of your book, what does it mean overall to be an approachable leader, and why is that really important in today's environment in the workplace? There's a number of reasons, both at work and then outside of work, that being approachable is uh, is important. So it's important in uh, you know kind of being in the know. So a lot of people, you know, they feel like, why am I the last person to find out about things, or, or you know, what, what, you know, why do people wait till the last minute to tell me when there's a problem? A lot of times that can be because they don't feel comfortable and safe approaching you, and so they sort of avoid you as long as they can, and then things kind of get out of control, and they finally have to tell you, and, and, and that's, that's why people behave that way sometimes. It can sometimes lead to, uh, in extreme cases, you know, safety issues. One of the things we, we use as an example during our um, during our workshops is is plane crashes and and a lot of medical mistakes have as the root cause a leader that's not approachable and so when some you know someone who's in a lower power position notices a problem or notices a potential safety issue they either don't bring it up or they bring it up so vaguely that uh, you know that that it's too late when someone finally figures out what's gone wrong it's too late to do anything about it. And there's a, there's a number of really horrible accidents that have happened um, just really because that relationship with the, with the leader or the boss, I would say in those cases, but the, you know, the, that relationship's bad. And then it can have the same kind of impact even outside of work. So your, your relationships with, you know, with your family, with your spouse, um, you know, your kids, uh, parents, all, all those relationships can also be impacted by whether or not people that are in the lower power position feel comfortable and safe uh, bringing up an uncomfortable truth uh, to to the person in the higher power position so is the main struggle because they feel like they're you know is, is it they're fearful of the leader is there possible repercussions that they're afraid if they bring something to the leader that could be backlashed on them in some way yeah so in the extreme cases, like you brought up, you know, bully leaders, right? So in the extreme cases, it's very evident, right? Like I sure. might threaten your job. I might threaten to, um, you know, do, do something, you know, to, to rate you poorly or not give you a raise that you deserve or, you know, th- things like that. So it can, it can be very, very evident like that. And that there's an epidemic really of that sort of behavior uh, in workplaces. And, and so, you know, so sometimes it's just, it's that threatening and aggressive. Um, but it often can be much more subtle than that. And, and, and many times the leader can actually be quite, you know, sort of normal average, not really, you know, not doing anything aggressive or out of, out of bounds. 
Um, but the but the individual who they lead has a, a particular view or relationship with power that might have absolutely nothing to do with that leader, but it might have to do with the 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 environment that they grew up in, or maybe you know relationships they've had with their parents or their teachers, or might, they might have been you know in in the military or in a church environment or something where where they have a relationship with people in authority that is going to make them unlikely to confront somebody in that authority position. And, and we, as leaders in the authority position, have to be on a lookout for signs that they're experiencing discomfort so that we can make it safe and comfortable for them to approach us. You know, one of the things that you talked about were just the disasters that take place at times as a result of this. And you look back to the 1980s, uh, let's take the Challenger explosion, for instance. Mm-hmm. And there were instances where you had things like group think going mm-hmm. on in, in that case. Did you, by any chance... There's been documentaries on this, but do you think mm-hmm. that possibly that the idea of approachable leadership was at play in that situation as well? Yeah, uh, that situation, and, and really, if you if you go back to most accident investigations where um, and where where they they kind of unravel, you know, what happened, you will find in the vast majority of those cases, probably over ninety percent of the time. I mean, that, you know, there are accidents that happen that just are not foreseeable and no, no, you know, nobody saw coming. I mean, they do happen, but it's right. extremely rare that there wasn't some point in the chain that if somebody had spoke up about something that they noticed, that the whole rest of the chain could have been stopped. And, and that almost always comes down to a relationship between that person and whether that person felt safe and comfortable, first of all, just raising the issue in the first place. So a lot of times we notice things and just don't even bring it up. Um, or we bring it up in, a, in an oblique way or in a way that we, we, you know, we don't want to embarrass the leader. We don't want to um, feel like we're bucking our boss. And right. so we, we, we bring it up in such a vague way that it, nobody really pays attention to it. And we don't really feel comfortable or safe sort of pushing the envelope and so we just stop and then many you know and then later on you go back and look at it and you go well that was the moment if, if this person had had really felt comfortable sort of stating their their position they would have uh, you know the, the the disaster could have been averted yeah and in that case i mean thinking back to the challenger explosion they even had evidence uh, regarding uh, mechanical issues with with the, with the rocket boosters, if I remember correctly, uh, and were advised against launch, but for one reason or another, they decided to avoid that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's common. One one of the examples we use, Nathan, is the crash of Air Florida Flight 90, and we actually have the the conversation, the recording, the flight recording of the crash as it happens. So you hear the conversation between the co-pilot. Uh, first officer who was actually on stick, so he was he was in control of the plane, right? And the, and the captain, and and that conversation you actually hear the first officer says, the, "This doesn't seem right." So he so he he notices the problem while they're running down the runway. He brings it up to his boss, the captain. His captain is very direct and and just sort of ignores the concern that that the first officer has. Um, the first officer brings it up again, but again in a very kind of vague way and eventually talks himself out of what he knows to be the case, which is that they're not going fast enough and, the, and, and that the pressure reading that he's looking at is wrong. 
and he still takes the plane off. This wasn't a suicide mission either, right? I mean, he right, he, sure. He is talking. He he knows what the problem is. He's brought it up to his boss twice. He eventually, his boss is certain that the situation is different than what the 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 co-pilot is seeing. And instead of asking questions, instead of just saying, "Hey, look, if you don't feel safe, just stop the plane," right? Um, they just move on down the runway. The plane takes off, stalls, crashes into a bridge over the Potomac, and 71 people lost their lives, including both the captain and, and, and the co-pilot. And, well, Philip, uh, we've, got to, yeah. we've got to run to our first commercial break here real quick. You're listening to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. We've got Philip Wilson on with us. We'll be right back. Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell returns after this short break. Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders grow their business empower their teams, and lead to their full potential in only 90 days. To begin reaching your full potential today, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the Leadership Journal now. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Philip Wilson, author of the Approachability Playbook, which you can get a copy of at ApproachableLeadership.com, I would like to let you know that today's broadcast is brought to you by Minert & Associates, a full-service accounting firm right in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dedicated to helping businesses relieve their financial stress. So if you are in need of tax preparation, bookkeeping, or payroll services, I encourage you to visit my friends over at Minert & Associates, and you can learn more about them at relievefinancialstress.com. Philip, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. I'm sorry I didn't do a good enough job of cueing you uh, as we were coming up on the commercial break. So let's pick up real quick where we left off. You were you were finishing yeah, well, your we, story. We, yeah, we, well, we we ended in a in a uh, depressing <laughs> you know, in a depressing cliffhanger there. But uh, did you have any more else to share on that? Yeah, I mean, we well, that, that yeah, that I mean, that at the end of the day, that's that's sort yeah. of the the worst case scenario is that um, you know, and we and we we talk to leaders in. All kinds of environments, manufacturing environments, healthcare settings, um, you know, you name it. And, and that, that conversation is, a, is an example of what happened, what can go wrong. Uh, and while a lot of times it's not life or death, there are circumstances where it is. Right. And so leaders really have to encourage their teammates to, you know, to be, you know, to, to be safe with telling them, you know, telling them what's going on, even if the, they know the leader's not going to like the news, you know, but, but you still have to encourage your teammate to, you know, to be open and, and share with you. You know, one of the things you talk about in your book, the approachability playbook is this idea of power distance. What does that mean specifically? Yeah. So power distance is, is this idea that, um, people will experience, 
different different anxieties around people that are in power. And so some people have low power distance, which means that even when you're around someone powerful, you feel uh, you know like they're almost a peer, and so you don't have that much concern about dealing with somebody in power. In those relationships, you're going to um, probably you know be more comfortable with them. You you're, you're you won't treat them maybe with with a lot of respect or or deference anyway. And then on the other end of the spectrum is high power distance relationships, which are relationships where you are, they're very they're much more formal. They're much more oriented instead of the relationship orientation of low power distance. They're more oriented around hierarchy and structure. And those are the kinds of relationships where you have to be careful because where where someone is experiencing high power distance, they are way less likely to, to tell you what they're thinking. They're way less likely to um, to share uncomfortable information or share an uncomfortable truth with you. Uh, and so leaders have to be on the lookout for those signs of power distance and then where possible try to shrink the gap with people so that they do feel safe and comfortable. Um, you know, they don't have to always, you, you know, you don't have to have like a relationship like you might have with your best friend or your spouse. But right. you, need for the, you need for that distance to be, you know, small enough that, that they feel safe and comfortable communicating to you about things that are bothering them or safety issues that they notice or, uh, you know, or things like that. So I'm guessing there's a happy medium here because you got on one end of the spectrum, lower power distance, where you could potentially have a leader that is, you know, going to the bar and and drinking with the employees and socializing at an extreme Mm -hmm. level. And then you have the high power distance side where maybe they're just extremely, um, maybe even completely disengaged as a leader from their team members. So is there a happy mem- happy medium between the two? Um, I, I think so. I mean, the interestingly, you know, even the first example that you give around low power distance, that actually can sometimes, so, so you're right. Like if you, if you're, if you're treating everybody as your best friend right. uh, and, and really not using, you know, you're, you're not, you're not really acting as a leader at that point. And that can, that can really impact your ability to, you know, first of all, to make, make tough business decisions that you may have to make. Um, it can, it can lead to, uh, employees, you know, not, not really, not respecting the position at all, not, not respecting the relationship at all. Um, you know, that, that's the downside of the really, you know, zero distance. Uh, we've already talked about the problem at the high end. Uh, the, the goal really is, in most cases, to shrink the, the distance gap as much as you possibly can uh, to have the kind of relationship. It still should be a respectful relationship. It should be respectful, by the way, on both sides, right? So it's not right. – you're not asking for respect that you're not giving to the other person, the person in the lower power position. But anyway, you're, you're, you're treating each other with respect, but you're trying to make sure that the other person feels comfortable and safe talking to you. I mean, that really is the – that is the sweet spot. So it sounds like there's there's an upside and a downside to this. Is that correct? Yeah. So the you know the negative side of it we've talked about, which is that people you know won't share with you or right. or, or yeah. You know, but the but the upside is that your relationships become much much stronger, and um, they you know when people do feel comfortable coming to you and sharing with you, it can have a lot of really positive impacts. So, for example, people are going to be more likely to make suggestions about improvements or to uh, tell you about you know a customer service issue or a quality issue that they've noticed that lets you you know fix it and and improve the you know the experiences that your customers have. And then in your personal life, 
those approachability behaviors have dramatic impacts on your relationships, you know, like I said, with your, with your spouse or with your kids. Um, there's even a lot of research at our, on our website at approachableleadership.com forward slash research. There's a number of different studies that, that look at things like, you know, approachable people make more money. Approachable people have better uh, romantic relationships. Approachable people have lower incidences of, uh, you know, heart disease, depression, anxiety, lower suicide rates, uh, lo- you know, that they live longer. Um, there's a lot of positive things that happen when you have these, you know, connections that you get by being approachable. And uh, so, yeah, it has a, there's, a, there's a bad side and a, and, a, and a good side. So I guess then if you're a leader, how can you tell if you are experiencing the right level of power distance with your team members? Yeah, great question. You're, you, you have to be on the lookout for it. So here's the thing. It's really driven by brain science, right? Like you're, the reason people experience power distance when they do is because that authority that you have uh, can, you know, trigger, triggers your, your fight or flight. Uh, reflexes in the limbic part of your brain, and so what you what you have, to, and because of that's the the foundation of it, people aren't going to come out and say, "Hey, you know, you scare the crap out of me." Like, I, that, right, that's sure. not what happens when you're in the that vulnerable, low power position. So we as leaders have to be on the lookout for the signals that somebody's experiencing that, and and those signals can be physical. So it's things like I don't come into your office. I want to stand outside in the hall when I talk to you, or I won't make eye contact directly with you, or I fidget when when we talk, or I keep a you know a large physical distance between us. That would be a physical sign. There's verbal signs that we've already talked about. So the conversation between the pilot and the co-pilot that that was that that vague not really willing to confront people being deferential what's called mitigated speech that is a a, a verbal sign that someone's experiencing that distance and then uh, behaviorally sometimes people will will experience this as procrastination or someone who doesn't you know who says one thing and does something else And, and that certainly can be a performance related issue but sometimes that is somebody who will tell you that they can do something even when they don't think they can because they would just rather say yes to you to your face and then hope maybe you won't follow up with them. But they don't feel comfortable telling you, look, I don't know how to do that or I don't have the resources or the time to do that. They would just rather agree with you to your face and, uh, and, and not have the confrontation. One of the things you talk about in your book is you teach a brain hack for leaders who, who struggle with this. What's, what's that all about? Yeah, great. Um, this is what we call the stop, listen, confirm uh, model, and uh, it's a, it is a hack. And so basically the way it works is this. I, I don't know if, if you're like this, Nathan, but uh, I certainly can be where, you know, when somebody comes – uh, to me, and, and this is this a lot of le- leaders experience this because you typically don't become a leader unless you're really good at solving problems, right? So right, someone sure. comes to you with a problem, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is my opportunity to really like show off my problem solving skills. And so you listen carefully right up to the point where you've figured out what the solution is to their problem, and then you just wait for them to take a breath so that you can like jump in and announce your brilliant solution to their problem. Uh, well, the challenge with that is that when you're doing that, you're not really listening. You often will, you know, come up with a solution that maybe isn't even a good solution because you didn't listen to the rest of the problem. Either way, the person doesn't feel uh, like you really tried to understand them. And 
in many ways, that reaction can actually make them feel worse, right? Because again, if you think about the person with uh, that that's worried about power distance, you know, they're coming in. They had to kind of like screw up the courage to just come see you in the first place, and then they come to you and they're a little anxious about it, and they start to tell their story, and then whammo, you cut them off, give them your brilliant solution, and they're like, oh, you know, wipe your hands and off you go to the next problem. Right. That can be really, really demeaning and uh you know embarrassing for somebody so what you what you want to do instead is really listen to understand and 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 the way you do that is to basically give your brain a different problem to solve okay um so the first step is stop you you know you have to full stop put your phone away you know get away from your computer and listen to the person so that's the you you stop you then you listen you use active listening skills uh, which I know you know tons about, but basically you're just, you know, you want to make sure that you're letting the person know that you're actually listening to them. You're asking them to expand and explain what it is they're telling you. You really are trying to, to dig in. But the, the hack is the third step, which is the confirm step. And that works basically like this. You are not allowed to say another word to this person until you complete this sentence, which is you feel blank because of blank, do I have that right? Yeah. And if and if you fill in those two blanks with what you've heard, uh, and if you are trying to fill in those blanks while you're listening to them tell their story, you are going to be actually listening to them and understanding them because you're giving your brain this problem to solve, which is I have to figure out what feeling is being described here. And once you turn that part of your brain on, you're not going to be trying to come up with other solutions. You're, you're just going to be listening to try to describe that feeling and the why that feeling is happening. And that trick will then get you to the point that you need to be as the leader, which is to, to express, first of all, I understand you. Um, and many times that's it. Like that's all that the individual really cares about. And once, you know, you say, look, you, you seem overwhelmed because, you know, you're always picking up extra work from other people and nobody seems to care. And, um, and, and, you know, you just, you seem overwhelmed by that. Do I have that right? And they go, yeah, you know, and it's no big deal. Like I, I really, I love doing this work. I know people have other things going on and, you know, I'm just glad you were, you, you know, you listened to me. Um, a lot of times that's the end of it. They don't need a solution. Uh, but if you try to jump in and solve first, you haven't really understood them. They don't feel listened to. They feel worse probably than when they came to you. Right. Uh, and and they're not likely to even do what you came up with, right, because they think you didn't really understand the problem in the first place. Well, Philip, we've got just about 30 seconds before uh, the next commercial break. When we get back, I want to talk with you a little bit more about this uh, power distance piece, specifically you know, in that a lot of leaders feel uncomfortable getting involved in the personal lives of their teammates. And I want to see if you have any tips to help with that. And I'm also real curious to see just with, with the uh, three-step process that you described with stop, listen, confirm, I'm curious to know if women are a little bit better at that than men are. So everyone, you're listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. We'll be right back with Philip Wilson after this short break. Stay tuned. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. 
Nathan R. Mitchell, America's leading empowerment coach, founder of Clutch Consulting, and certified member of the John Maxwell team, is giving away his top-selling book, Leading with Purpose, for free, for a limited time. You can get Nathan's highly acclaimed book, which is full of 30 empowering tips to help you transform your organization and your leadership. To claim your free ebook, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Opt in to receive the Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio newsletter, and you will also receive Nathan's book as a special bonus. This is a limited time offer, so secure your copy today. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Tonight we're talking with Philip Wilson, author of the Approachability Playback Playbook, I'm sorry, which you can get a copy of at approachableleadership.com. Philip, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Right before the commercial break, you were talking about your brain hack that consisted of three steps, stop, listen, and confirm. Going back to that, are women actually better at this than men are in, in the workplace? I would say that women are generally, you know, more attuned to feelings. And, and you know, it's funny because when we teach our workshop, uh, you know, we'll have, t- you know, there's typically more men in the room than, than, than women. And, you know, you, you definitely, you know, once you, once you start, you know, you talk about feelings, you can just sort of see the guys squirming in their chair. Right. Um, so, so I think women are naturally, I think, better at, at, at talking about feelings and more, maybe more comfortable, I guess, talking about feelings. But the other thing I would say is that once a, a woman is promoted, uh, you know, and I think this is just more selection, like the people to get promoted into leadership positions or supervisory or management positions, you know, there, there is, there's always this sort of, oh, I mean, you know, trying to turn everybody into like, you know, you're the boss and you have to take charge and you have to, you know, demand respect. And so all the things that we're, we kind of try to, try to mold leaders into, tends to you know, t- take away, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, tends to divert you away from, you know, a focus on the relationship. And so even if you are maybe naturally more gifted at, you know, building relationships, we still spend so much time kind of diverting our, our leaders away from that focus. And people consider it, you know, their soft skills and, you know, you can't be a, you know, you can't be a great leader unless you're, you know, hardcore and you're pushing people to their limit. And, you know, there's the, you know, and, and, and we don't have time, you know, we can't, I can't worry about people's, um, you know, people's family lives and stuff outside of work. Like we just, we got to be all business. And that, that orientation can really negatively impact everybody's ability to lead whether you're whether you're a man or a woman so with that in mind i mean there's, a, there's going to be a lot of leaders in the workplace that for one reason or another they're just uncomfortable getting involved in personal lives and even talking about those types of things so what kind of tips do you have for leaders that that are uncomfortable with that yeah that's natural i mean i think yeah, and th- those folks probably don't really like 
you know, maybe getting too deep personally, even just in, in all relationships in their life, you know, so some people are just more natural and more comfortable, you know, talking to people about what's happening, you know, outside of work than, than what's happening at work. I, I don't think that, I, first of all, you definitely don't have to be best friends with everybody that you work with. You don't even necessarily have to like everybody that you work with. The key though, as a leader is you have to respect them and you have to, uh, acknowledge and honor them for, you know, what they bring to the work. Uh, and, and then you have to have a personal connection with them and a relationship with them, even if it's not necessarily based on what you know about them outside of work. Right. So the, the, the tool that we talk about that relates to this is what we call the approachability window. It's basically, it's based on the Johari window and, uh-huh. you know, you, you have things that are, you know, hidden from others. And if you want to have a relationship with somebody, you have to share some of that with them. Now that can be personal. And that is a good way to build a connection with somebody is to know, you know, what their kids are like or know what their hobbies are, or, uh, you know, know things about them personally. That's certainly a good way to build a connection with somebody, but you don't have to build it that way. You know, the key is to just really try to know and understand them personally, you know, and this can be your talents at work. This could be hobbies. This could be, um, you know, experiences that you share, you know, in, inside of work and keeping, keeping that, that focus professional and work related does not diminish the relationship with the person. And, and what I tell people, cause we get this, you know, I'll get this objection, you know, fair amount in workshops, you know, there's always a few people that go like, look, you know, I just don't like talking to people about their personal lives and I don't want to get involved. I get that. Um, for, for people that are like that, then you are really going to want to focus on the development discussions with your teammates. Talk to them about, uh, we call that the what's next discussion, but you know, what, what have they accomplished? What do you like about what they've done? What's their next move? How, how can you help and support them that way? Uh, many times that's going to be a work-related discussion, and you know you're you're looking for opportunities for them to develop and grow. You will build a great relationship with somebody if you are focusing on their development and their growth, uh, and you don't maybe ever have to talk to them about their their family life, and and you don't have to talk to them about your family life. Right. So to some degree, are you talking that a leader needs to be somewhat vulnerable and transparent and authentic to really establish these relationships? Yeah, you you have to let down let down your guard, right? And um, you you have to share. But there's there's two ways to do it. So you can share from your hidden area. So in other words, you can share things with them that they wouldn't know about you, and that can be you know one of the best ways to do that is by sharing experience and being you know empathizing with them. And so if you see somebody struggling, you know one thing that you can do is just notice that they're struggling. Um, but a better thing to do is to be able to tell them a story about a time that you struggled similarly to what they're experiencing, where you can right. show like, hey, I know how that feels. I've I've had that same issue. If you go back, Nathan, to what we talked about around noticing noticing when someone's feeling uncomfortable, there's a you know that's a that's a great way to show empathy. Where you know, I a lot of times I use the example where you've got someone who's standing in the doorway and they're kind of not sure whether to come in or out of your office, or or if you don't even if you don't have an office, you still have some sort of you know territory that's yours, and 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 you can see them kind of 
not sure how close to you know come into your territory. That's right. a great opportunity to to show empathy, right? And you can go, oh. I do that same thing. I'll stand outside my boss's office and be like, I don't really know where to stand. Should I come in or not? That shows them right in that moment, you know, that you, you do understand them and you've felt what they're feeling. Um, and they, they will be more comfortable with you. And that's sharing something from your hidden area with them. So that's one route to build relationship. And then the other side of that is asking them for feedback about your blind spots, Right. So there's things that they know about you that you probably don't know about yourself. And you have to make sure that that you're you're making them aware that like you want to hear that. Right. You're open to that feedback and and you really want them to give you that feedback. That will also grow relationship with them because they're going to feel more and more comfortable to kind of share with you. Hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but, you know, you cut this person off in that meeting and uh I think that probably bothered them and you probably didn't even notice it. And, and, you know, just, just FYI, you should be aware of that. Um, go ahead. No, one of, one of the things you talk about in your book also are these three simple questions of approachable leaders. What are those and why are they important in the leadership relationship? Uh, great. So the one I just mentioned, which is the what's next question. So that's the third question that we teach, but the what's next question relates to the progress principle, you know, that, that we are really mostly motivated uh, and we're most motivated at work when we feel like we're making progress. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you, like, finish your whole to-do list or that you, you know, you've, you climb the top of some big work mountain. It really just means do you feel like you're moving ahead today or do you feel like you moved backwards? And the days that we feel like we moved a little bit ahead are the most motivating days uh, for for us, and there's a lot of studies that back this up. But that's that's one of the questions: is what's next? The other two questions. So so the first question that we teach is: Do you have what you need? And each one of these has a powerful assumption behind them. So so the the powerful assumption behind: Do you have what you need? Is the I call it the hero assumption, which is that everybody is the hero of their own story, right? Like they you don't wake up in the morning looking in the mirror, brushing your teeth, going like, I, you know, I didn't really screw up as bad as I could have yesterday, but boy, today I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to really blow it today. Right. <laughs> we, we, we are, we, we want to be great. And as leaders, you don't have the luxury of, uh, of, of, of not believing that, right. You got to believe your teammate is the hero. If they are struggling, there's some obstacle that's gotten in their way. And then your, your job as their leader is to figure out what that obstacle is and to try to get it out of the way so that they can do the great work that you know that they can do. So that's the, the first question that we teach is, do you have what you need? And then the question in the middle is, what would make work better? And that question is all around what I, I refer to the F word of leadership, um, but it's not, it's not that F word. It's the word frustration, right? Mm-hmm. And so our job as a leader is to try to reduce just those day-to-day frictions and day-to-day annoyances that a lot of times we'll say, you know, well, that's the, why they call it work. But, you know, if you just ask that question, you know, is there anything that I can do that would make this work better? Um, people love to talk about that. They will, that, you know, when they find something that you can fix, you know, they'll, they'll never forget it. They'll tell a lot of people about, about it. Uh, and then even if you can't fix it, 
you know, just the fact that you care and um, often that conversation, even if it doesn't completely solve the problem, that just in and of itself, that you, that you cared enough to ask can be really motivating for people. So those are the three questions to sum up. It's do you have what you need, what would make work better, and what's next? Well, Philip, we've got just a couple of minutes before the end of the show, and I want to wrap up here with you. Just real quickly, what are some of the benefits, to recap real quickly, of being approachable? And then where can people go to learn more about your services and workshops that you're currently offering? Yeah, so I think the main benefits are, A, you know, you're not going to die, uh, you know, in a plane crash or medical mistake or, or have a, you know, uh, have, a, have a major problem at work because people don't feel safe and comfortable coming to you and talking to you about it. Uh, and then the flip side of that, what's good about being approachable is that, you know, you're going to have, you're going to be much more successful at work. You're going to get more suggestions. You're going to get uh, more productivity. People are, you know, higher quality. A lot of great things will happen in your work. And we didn't even get into some of the other business benefits, but, but it's highly associated with organizational citizenship behaviors, higher productivity, better quality, uh, lower turnover, just lots of great things happen at work. And then in your personal life, we already talked about it, but you make more money, you live a longer and happier life, and your romantic relationships are better. So, like, what, you know, what else do you need? You just, you got to focus on approachability. And uh, as far as where to find us, uh, approachableleadership.com. That's uh, that's the best coordinate. I'm on Twitter at approachable LDR for leader, but at approachable LDR. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but any of those are great places to find me. Well, Philip, so, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I know you've delivered a lot of content to our listeners, and you definitely delivered a lot of value uh, to me as well. So I want to thank you again for participating in this podcast and being on the show. And we look forward to having you possibly on the show again in the future. Enjoy the rest yep. of your evening, my friend. Thanks, Nathan. You bet, buddy. Have fun. Yep, talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep, bye. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners entrepreneurs, and leaders grow their business, empower their teams, and lead to their full potential in only 90 days. To begin reaching your full potential today, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the Leadership Journal now. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back 
to Leading with Purpose with empowerment coach and founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell.
You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes